0: Welcome, welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get started. Straight from New York, yo, yo, this handsome man, you yo, yo, ah, now, now, fuck a in. The Aljo the funk master, watch a grill, yoga knocked out cold faster. Talking the, shit, now we talking facts. facts. With the man are off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps, you don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead the dash. Right. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow the seas, planning fuck a name and a fame. Only legacy remains, remember the name. Oh. It ain't it ain't Motherfucker. 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 What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps episode 149. UFC 267 is in the books. Great fight card, and the beautiful thing about it was that it was during the day, so it gave us a lot of time to relax and have the rest of the night. For ourselves to get into some Halloween shenanigans and of course the fights delivered so we had some great fights and we got a lot of questions answered especially for myself um, in the weight division which is one of the hottest if not the hottest division in the UFC right now in my personal opinion. Um, outside of that I'm trying to think of anything else that comes to mind you know it was my fiance's birthday just passed so we took care of that had some festivities, came back from Las Vegas to go hang out with a lady, of course, and try to get some training in with whatever I could do, maintaining my three lifts per week, uh, kind of regimen to kind of still keep me strong and keep me building in tracks for my next fight, you know, so big weekend and multiple facets of big weekend. (laughs) So I'm, I'm super pumped about that. And, uh, I'm really—I mean, I wasn't in the gym too much, you know, so just right away, just getting into the fights. I mean, that's pretty much it because I, I, I didn't have a lot that I got done this week. I mean, other than, you know, being in Vegas, I, I got to teach um, two of the classes that we did over with Brendan Moreno and his, his crew. I teach the MMA wrestling class here in uh, New York when I'm home, mostly just Mondays, sometimes Mondays and Wednesdays, but usually I take Wednesdays off or I just drill. And if I do come in and I show something, it's just like, guys, we're just drilling today. I- I'm not really trying to get into a bunch of technique. I show it like one, two times, and this is what we're doing. And it's just kind of a flow, keep the sweat going and keeping the tools sharp. You know, that's the way I like to go and, and do things. And then if we do the open mat sparring, I show some technique to warm up and then we do some easing in with some straight boxing, straight kickboxing. And then we get into full feet to floor, MMA sparring in the open mat, you know, other than outside of the cage kind of situ- uh, situation. So that's the teaching that I do when I'm down here. So to be there and uh, for his, Moreno's crew to ask me to to teach the um, some of the wrestling stuff and show some technique, that was fun, you know? And obviously, um, it, it's cool to have other people recognize the things that you are good at, and I know a lot of people think my wrestling is, is not as good as I think it is because of the Yon fight, which is couldn't be further away from the truth, but it is what it is, and I think that's the best-kept secret. Um, the real ones know what's going to happen when we step back into the octagon. So before we get into that, let's just stop, start with the main event. Obviously, turning back Father Time, Glover Teixeira taking out Jan Blokovic, which was insane, you know. Two of, the, one of, two of the eldest guys in that division, the light heavyweight division, and one's defending the title, one is fighting for his second opportunity to win the title, you know? So you have this kind of crossroads thing where both guys were on a little bit of a downward swing. Well, Teixeira was on an up, then came down, had some mixed results, then finally rattled off five straight wins or four, whatever it was, and got himself back into the title contention after John Jones left the division uh, Jan Blogovich won the belt and then now enter Tashera yet again and he gets it done this time with beautiful grappling takes down Blagovic almost instantly in that first round keeps him there for the majority of the round and it's just fascinating to see the discrepancy in the grappling ability of Blagovic because it's not like he didn't do bad against Jacare but it's a different weight class, you know um, Jacare might not have the boxing ability of Teixeira, where Teixeira caught him with a nasty left hook in the exchanges that they had, did have. I think it was in round two, and before taking him down, put him away, or it was round one before he got the first takedown and kept him down there. So whatever. It's just it's just crazy that this sport, you just never know what's going to happen. I know a lot of people wrote off Blokovic, and that was my pick. I picked Jan to win. Because I was just like, if he hurts Teixeira, I don't think he lets Teixeira back in the fight, but that wasn't the case. He got hurt by Glover. And from that, he just never let him back into, into the fight once he took him down, wore him down, and uh, continued his ascension towards uh, dominating the fight. So good for, for Teixeira. And the same thing with Blokovic, like I was saying, it was like one of those stories where you know he was on a losing skin and then came back himself and... Turn back father time himself and won the belt, beating Dominic Reyes, finishing him, um, knocking out Corey Anderson, knocking out Lou Rockhold, former title holder himself, and coming up short in this defense, you know, beating Izzy. So he's done some great things. And I know John Jones put out a tweet saying, like, you know, that's what happens when you don't stay focused on the task in front of you. Blah, blah, blah. He's right. I don't know what caused him to say that. I don't know if there was like something that Jan was doing or talking about, maybe insinuating that he would come up to the heavyweight division to fight John at some point. I don't know. I didn't get to hear any of those things. So it was just fascinating that he said that and I'm like, damn, you do have a point. And I think a lot of people do have to pay respect to the people that are in front of them. Kind of like the same thing that happened with me when I fought Marlon Marais, I had I had little concern for his skill. I was like, yeah, he's a fighter, he's tough, but I was like, Oh, this guy's got big muscles, but he's gonna get tired, he's gonna swing, he's gonna miss, and eventually get tired, I'm gonna take him down and then strangle him. That was the game plan. I didn't really watch tape the way I do, which is like really breaking it down. I just watched it, I was like, ah, oh, close fight. He had a close fight with this guy, ah, oh, he had a close fight with this guy, I should beat him. That was kind of the way I was looking at that fight. I'm going to beat him and I'm going to get the title shot next. That's that's kind of the way I was handling that situation. And you have to pay respect to everyone that's in front of you because everyone is dangerous. You know, so here it is again. And uh, again, I'm not saying that's what Blokovic um, was doing because I don't know why John Jones tweeted that. But I, you would have to think that maybe he said something like that for him to want to go say something like that. Right. So. I don't know. I would have to go do some homework to figure that out, but I I don't have that kind of time. I got my own division to worry about, you know? But great fight. Glover Teixeira realizing UFC gold. Jon Jones giving him recognition. The the respect between the two of the guys. Obviously, Blokovic is sad. But at 38 years old, I mean, Teixeira winning the belt at 41 still gives him a window that, hey, man, you got an opportunity to rattle off a couple more wins if you have the desire to do that. And get back in there and try to avenge that loss. A um, great fight for what it was. And it just shows, like, I think the theme of this card was how dominant grappling could be um, almost from beginning to end with most of these fights. You know, So people have to pay attention to that. If you want to get to the top, the pinnacle is usually the cream of the crop is the guys that have a wrestling pedigree background. And if not wrestling, jujitsu. And if not just straight wrestling, they have jiu-jitsu, but they have some type of body-lock game like a la Charles Oliveira, Dubrox. You know, guys like that who know how to utilize wrestling abilities to get the fight to where they want to be, but they're still dangerous on the feet. Still dangerous on the feet. So you have to really put the time in for the grappling because you get taken down, that could really dictate and change the fight. And we're going to get into the America, um, uh, Makwana americani fight, where he was dominating with the grappling, but then came up short. Literally with the takedown and got clipped. <clears throat> now, here's the fight that everyone was clamoring for. This was the fight that everyone wanted to see. It was pretty much the highlight of this event UFC 267. From all the nonsense that was happening from March 6th, <clears throat> you could say that I contributed to that, which would not make no sense because you have to look at the series of events. You get illegally kneaded in the head. They thought I was hurt, but then they thought I was joking because my friends and family asked me to take photos at the house, and they posted it. I didn't post it. They posted it. And then I instantly became the bad guy. How does that make sense? In what parallel universe does that make sense with people with logical brains? It does not make sense. But people decided to get mad at me because they were just mad at the fact that Jan did something so stupid, cost himself the title, and getting his first title defense, and now had this division in this debacle, which kind of gives it more of a crazy storyline and makes it more interesting because of all the craziness that's going on. If you ask me, I think people are more like, shoot, man, I I gotta pay attention now because all of this is happening. And how do you follow what happened with this? Well, why did he do that? Oh, man, he's a clown. Ah, But he's not a clown because he did that. So who's really the clown? You know, so it gets crazy. But to get back to the fight, beautiful performance from both men and I I kind of feel for Sanhagen because he didn't get a full proper training camp, five and a half weeks. But that's no excuse. He came out there, went five hard rounds as hard as he could. But it makes you wonder if he could have kept that first round pace. The same thing people were saying about me, of course. And they say, oh, you got tired. I have a re I have a legitimate reasoning for that. Sparring with two and three guys and then going into the fight like that and feeling like that's gonna be hard to just hit this guy and move. I've been doing it all training camp. Why would it be different now? Why would it be different now? Please elaborate. But people think they have the Jan as his boogeyman character. He's not the boogeyman. But again, going back to him, beautiful performance. Beautiful performance from both guys. They delivered. They came out the scrap. Both guys wanted it. Both guys throwing heat. I love how Jan was going to the body every time Sanhagen was moving and going side to side and probing to the outside, he would just send in a hard body kick and retract that leg as, as fast as he could. And San Hagen would have no choice but to just eat it, even though it didn't look like it was beating him up, but it does wear you down eventually. That energy bar meter, think about Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, it gets chipped away. Little by little, it keeps getting chipped away. And I picked San Hagen to win this. On well, my DraftKings pick, I picked San Hagen to win this. I thought the angles were going to be a problem. I thought he had enough time to train, because he's in the high altitude and everything. I just said, you know what, five and a half weeks should be ample enough time. And full disclosure, Sanhagen and I, we have the same manager. I can't remember exactly when I started telling my manager that, hey man, I'm not feeling right. I'm training as hard as I can and I'm not getting any improvements in my cardiovascular side and muscle endurance. I'm fatiguing after round one. That's a big problem. I was like, yeah, I gotta fight in like, Six weeks, five and a half weeks. What do you want me to, what am I supposed to do right now? So I don't know if St. Hagen got the information earlier or if it was exactly that five and a half weeks. You know, I'm just the outside trying to piece things together. I'm like, ah, that should be enough time. But 25 minutes is different from a 15 minute fight. 15 minute fight, that's a close fight for 15 minutes. Corey can now fight at a different pace in that second round and the third round, not concerned about the fourth and the fifth. Pideon, doing what Pideon does, came in excellent championship shape. Brilliant performance, really high-level defense. If you watch the way he's doing at high guard, he's just walking guys down. They throw anything, this left hand is subtly paring everything. Eyes on his opponent, ducking, dropping the elbow when he needs to drop. The only thing that was really open were the leg kicks, but then he starts to check it. Doing a real good job making better reads, cutting off Sanhagen when he needed to. And then pushing forward with those hard body kicks that I was talking about. And even cracking his legs as the fight progressed and slowing him down with that. But, I mean, it was a couple of leg kicks. It wasn't like he was going Jose Aldo style from the WEC days or Pedro Munoz style. Where he's like trying to cripple you with those calf kicks and then come to the body and then put you down with the front kick. You know? Where he's had a couple of finishes. So, when I look at that, I think it's a great performance. I love... This fight in terms of the rematch and stylistically still, I think we got more questions answered about Petey Jan. We did. The grappling ability. How good is he really in the grappling department? How good is Corey Sanhagen really in the grappling department? Then you got what I did to Sanhagen. Then you got what TJ did to Sanhagen in the grappling department. But then you got the only other person who took Yon down was myself from what I remember. Um, Maybe John Dodson took him down briefly. I can't remember, but um, Sung the oh the, the Korean guy Sung Do whatever he fought him like I think it's like second or third UFC fight. Took him down I think twice actually. Got in a couple good shots, but he didn't he didn't have no control because he these guys don't have the wrestling ability with the grappling ability of BJJ to tie guys up and get them in the what do you call them a uh, entanglement. Dun, 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 dun. So. Seeing this, it gives me more confidence that I know that I can get back to those positions. As long as I'm feeling good, I'm feeling on, which I've been, how many fights have I been off in? Two fights, the Brian Carraway fight, where what I do, I train three times a day of the fight like a psychopath. Who does that? Where after the first round, I was just completely spent. I was like, dude, I'm just going to circle because I'm not trying to get beat up. So it's not much I can do. Carraway can't hurt me with his hands. But if I circle, I could try to recover and hopefully take him down again and hopefully submit him this time game plans. This is just the way I think sometimes when it's on the fly. But I lost. Split decision, but I lost. Then you had the next one with P.D. where I was off. I mean, you could say to Marlon rise I was off, today, but I mean, uh, that I made a mistake and Marlon capitalized on it. Real fluky situation, but he capitalized on it. He won. But the only other time I actually had an off performance was that one. So, when I look at that and I see all the other fights where I've gotten takedowns in against bigger, stronger guys that actually wrestle, you think I really feel the concern. And again, it's not me trying to convince people. This is just me talking out loud in terms of how I, I rationalize these things in my head because you got to make sense of things because if you have a fight like that, you have to really be honest and break it down and, and see where you can get better. And I know that there's not much, like, of course, I can get, always get better drilling with positional stuff. But I know that I am one of the best, if not the best when it comes to grappling, takedowns in MMA. And I 100% believe that my back taking skills, the ability to attack the back is so much higher than most of these other guys. I think in that fight, I got him down that one time. And for whatever reason, I just want to hurt him so bad. I start throwing hammer fists. And then he just covered up and just stood right back up. And I was like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire MMA career, bar none. Even the fact that I didn't eat the day of the fight. like That was even dumber than that. Because I knew if I just control the position, he's not getting up. And once he tries to stand up that back, take his mind, lose control, I'm on your back like freaking curry on white right, right rice. You know what I mean? So it gets me, it gets me excited because I know this is going to be a tough fight, but it's going to be a fun fight. And I know what my abilities are, I know how hard I am to be hit. When I'm in great shape, when I'm using my footwork, I know I'm a dangerous guy, and I know that I can beat anyone in the world in this division. This division is just that good. Like I said, back to Peteyana, all praise to him, but for him to actually say he doesn't want to fight me is the silliest thing I think I've ever heard. And I don't think he, I don't know if he's trolling, I don't know if he's being serious, but you don't call the shots, buddy. Don't forget you are still the IC band champ. Interim. Don't forget the I. You are the interim. Whether you like it or not, I have the real championship belt. Bar the, the circumstances. I don't give a shit. Bar the circumstances. I still have the real thing. No matter what. So to become the undisputed, we have to... We have to settle this. Don't try to move past it, say, I want to fight TJ Dillashaw. You can fight him if you win. But until then, I am your next roadblock. And I can't wait to put you down the way I know I should have put you down the first time. And I can't wait for this rematch come January, come February, whichever it's gonna be. He obviously had a really good fight. He could probably make a quick turnaround. He didn't take as much damage, mostly just the face, but we'll see, he probably had a long training camp, training for me the whole time. We'll see what happens. But I told Shelby, literally texted him. Literally texted my guy, Shelby. And as soon as the fight was over, I text him and I just go, what did I say? I said, January, February, question mark. He said, he'll know on Tuesday. And I said, okay, cool. I'll be there at MSG on Tuesday. You know, so I got receipts. People, the same thing, I'm running from the rematch. I got receipts saying, me texting Dana, I want to run that back ASAP but then I couldn't work out. So for Jan to say that I ran to go get a surgery makes no sense. I had this issue from before, but i always managed to do enough PT to get to the fight and then come out healthy enough where I'm like, okay, let me just take a few weeks off, take the few weeks off, do my PT again and I'm fine. But after the fight, when I had muscle atrophy, they told me give it a few weeks to see, but they said, if it doesn't come back, I'm gonna get long-term nerve damage and those muscles are just gonna be completely dead. So when people try to make it sound like I'm making an excuse, it's not It's not an excuse. This is a legitimate reason not to fight. If you get a knee surgery, you're out for 9 to 12 months, right? It's a next surgery. Why is that any less significant in comparison to something that controls my entire body and well-being, controlling all my limbs, movement, but the knee, it's okay. Oh, he had a knee surgery. It's going to take some time. But people aren't clowns for that. But I'm the clown for getting a... a a surgery where I can't even work out to get to the fight to give you guys the fight that you want. Just give me the time, guys. Stick with me. Give me the time. I'm telling you, this is going to be worth the wait. You like that fight? I guarantee you, our fight, our rematch is going to be just as good, if not better. I promise you that. And again, congrats to Peteyon. Now, unblock me on Instagram, you freaking potato head muppet, so I can talk shit to you and tag you on shit, leading all the way up to the fight and piss you off. (laughs) Uh... Outside of that, I mean, we could talk about the other ones as well. I mean, obviously, we know Islam, Makachev taking on Dan Hooker, super one-sided. I did not think it was going to go like that. I mean, I had Makachev winning, but I was pulling for Hooker because he's such a nice guy. Makachev is a nice guy, too. I don't know him personally like that. I mean, I had the one thing saying Maro which is Russian for ice cream. And uh, as I know, brother, I need to cut weight easy. So, you know, I want to cut weight smart. I don't want to have hard weight cut. I'm not eating ice cream. I was like, dude, ice cream make me feel good mentally. As long as I'm hydrated, I'm gonna be a happy man. This is what I need. I feel like I need it, whatever. That was our conversation that we had briefly on, on Instagram with Siddick. Uh, so, fast forward, we have this fight, takes him down, cracks him, then takes him down. Immediately, almost immediately passes. How, long, how quick? Two minutes and 23 seconds into the first round. Beautiful transition. Once he started to trap Hooker's arm and started to posture up with the stance, I was like, Hooker, you got to get out of there. Get out of there. Jiu-jitsu. But it, it, it was just one of those things. Islam um, just looked super strong, super dominant, and just didn't give him any space. The connection with the wrist control was perfect. And it looked like Hooker didn't really have any idea how to get out of that, which is mind-blowing. Like, I'm not saying the Kimura Tribe is easy to get out of when you're in side control. It is very, very difficult. And when a guy has a good lock, a good bite, it's very, very tough to get out of there. But that's why when you get taken down and they pass into side control, you gotta be very, very wary of where your arms are with your framing so that you don't get trapped. You don't leave an arm extended so it can get caught. You don't leave an arm extended so it can get caught into an Americana or people could step over into an arm bar. You gotta keep the frames in tight, you gotta block the punches, you gotta make sure they don't step over and catch you in a crucifix from the cross slide position. There's a lot of details that go into these positions that people don't really understand because they don't put the proper time in to their BJJ. And I don't know how much time Dan Hooker puts into BJJ, but I'm sure it's fair to say that he's not a BJJ practitioner like I would say myself is, or any other guy in the BJJ room, or even some of our guys here at the gym on our fight team. We have a lot of high-level guys that understand grappling at a much higher level than a lot of these guys in the UFC. And that's why I do think, and it's not to say like, oh, these guys can take you down. They're going to pass your guard and start slicing through like buttering and catching these submissions left to right. But they understand defensive positions, how to properly defend an armbar, trapping, blocking the hip, the thigh, keeping the face, only, relieving the pressure from the carotid arteries, understanding back control, look the guy in the face, shoulders to the mat, bridge, post the knee, look for leg locks or hit your oompas. There's a lot of detail that goes into these positions. And you have to be like this. The moment you sit there and give the guy an opportunity to lock up a Kamora grip like that, you say goodbye to that arm. It's going home. It's gonna be hung up on his wall in the collections. And I like Dan Hook. I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying I think guys need to realize That is the next evolution of their game, understanding the grappling so that they can keep the fight where they want it to be or at least properly defend submissions so that they can stay in the fight long enough to make the fight more interesting because if that guy on top can't put you away in round one, how is his energy load or level? Let me not say load. Pause. How is his energy levels in round two and three? You understand what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I... I put the, the importance of grappling for MMA because it changes the fight. You could be a super tight, close fight, both guys hitting each other, and it could be kind of hard to score because it's hard to tell what's really landing, what's really being more effective and type of the ringmanship and all that. You don't know what the judges are looking at, but I do know the judges understand if I take you down and I'm on top for a certain amount of time, I am winning the fight. And if I take you down, you are now in a stress state of trying to escape, trying to fight the clock, trying to defend submissions, trying to defend from damage. You're fighting all these variables from a grappler, all from one takedown. And I think that's why it's very, very important, because it changes the complexity and changes the dynamic of the game, the round, and just MMA as a whole. So, congrats to Makachev. He deserves a top five opponent, top four opponent now. Don't know who they're going to give him next, but you go make the argument that he could be fighting for the title or he has to fight for a number one contender spot now. And I think this was the perfect matchup for him to look great in against a guy like Dan Hooker, who the UFC rates very, very high. But with a guy who has zero grappling, not let me not say zero because I really don't know. I mean, he's got submission wins, guillotine wins over um, Diakase and a few other guys. So it's hard to, you know, I got to be fair in that regards. But defensively, it just seems like um, he just wasn't all there when it came to the proper escape scenarios to get out of that side control position or even the half guard position, you know. So um, I think a little bit of work and a little bit of cleanup and then hook is right back in the mix, of course. Um, but, again, Makachev, it was his night. Alexander Volkov versus Tybura. That was, um, yeah, that was that was a fight. Didn't really... Uh, it was a tough one to pay a lot of attention to, unfortunately. Um, we go to this next one. Man, Chemaya versus Li Jingliang. I did not expect this fight to go like this. This was a tough one because I like the Leech Li And I like Chamayev too. I've met him a couple times at the USCPI um, down at Extreme also. Um but I've also talked to Leach, and I feel like we had more of a, um, I don't wanna say friendly, but uh, he's just another good dude. They're both good dudes. you know. One talks more shit than the other, but um, he backs it up. How do you not like that? But for him to pick up Leach like that and hold him and talk to Dana, and then proceed to slam him down on the canvas and keep him down there until he finally figured, you know what, I'm gonna get this man out of here and choke him out. Super impressive super dangerous and he shot right out of the gate we didn't really get to see the questions answered about his cardio we don't get to see that now now we have to wait to see the next performance for him to see if he is having any lingering side effects hopefully not because that would suck because you know he's very very talented we don't want him to be losing fights because a cardio issue that is kind of out of his control if that makes sense because of COVID symptoms um, post post-COVID symptoms, you know? So, uh, where does he go from here? I don't know. But I think you make an argument that he has to fight someone in the top 10. He has to. The guy's that damn good. And like you say, he comes here to eat everybody and he don't care, he's a little gangster. That fight with Nate Diaz doesn't make any sense to I me. Mean, Nate Diaz is not a real 170 pounder in terms of his frame and his weight. He might put on the weight, but his frame, he's not like his brother, Nick, who's the bigger guy. Didn't make 170, he ended up asking for the catchweight, I think it was 185. Uh, so they fought at welterweight instead with Robbie Lawler. But Nate's not the biggest welterweight, the same way is not the biggest welterweight. So I do think, with that being said, you've got to give him somebody else. I mean, you got Neil Magny, cardio for days, but he's I feel he ragdolls Magny. That's what I just feel. I feel like he takes Magny down, Magny doesn't get out. But he's got to do that to Magny for a couple rounds. I think Magny can survive the submission in the first round. But then you also look at his fight with Damian Maya, He got choked out relatively quick. you know. But, of course, that was a couple years ago. Times are different. But you have to think that he's still primarily a striker. And a guy like Chamayev, who takes you down like that, is going to have his ways with guys like that on the ground. There's not many other guys that can offer much to him. Even Wonderboy Thompson, like... That's, I, I mean, he had to get past the sidekick, but then he'll eat the sidekick and close the gap. And once he closes the gap, what happens at that point? You know, I always want to see Wonderboy versus Usman to see how that fight will play out because of the wrestling ability or Kobe, over, or Kobe Covington for Wonderboy. You know, Styles make fights. Um, I don't know where Chamayev goes from here, but it's going to be up. His stock is through the roof right now and rightfully so, to take out a guy like Leech like that in round one in less than four minutes, it's pretty damn impressive. Uh, I was hoping for the guys to scrap a little bit, but they scrapped, well, one guy scrapped, the other guy had to just accept what was going on, and that was pretty much it. I was like, damn, bro, I know what that feels like, and it's like being big brother, like when I, when I grapple with five, and even though I can still do some stuff because I know jujitsu, um, obviously he's not punching me in the face, but that size difference—it's a big brothering. You know, you're getting big brothered, and you can't really do much when you're down there. It's just kind of waiting for the inevitable. It's like a—it's like a slow drown. Like someone put an anchor to your—someone put an anchor to your your ankle. That was right. Someone put an anchor to your ankle, and you're like slowly in the pool, trying to get to the top. You catch your breath, and then it pulls you back down. You're getting tired. Slowly come back and then pulls you back down, you get to the water again to the surface, you breathe and you slowly get down and eventually you're just exhausted from all the fighting and then you just drown. You just drown. That's what that's like going with a guy that like, of that caliber of a grappling who's bigger than you or whatever. That's what, to my, he just drowns these guys. But he doesn't drown them for to deep waters, he drowns them early and gets him out of there he goes home collects his check and takes one significant strike in how many fights I, I, I don't know it's kind of it's, it's insane it's, it's super impressive guys don't do that guys are not built to be doing that this day and age in MMA but he is the guy cleaning up right now who is hot on the heels of Kamaru Usman so whoever wins this title fight next weekend man I'm excited to see when those guys' worlds collide because Shamaev is here to stay and I think he's going to be a big big problem for a lot of those guys um I mean, who else is in that? I mean, you got Gilbert Burns. I think Gilbert Burns can make things interesting. I think that's a fun fight for Chimaev. But I think Chimaev tries to strike with him more. Or if he takes him down, he probably just... He, if he wrestles him, he controls him against the cage. But he has to be careful for, like, rolling leg locks, things like that. But I think if, it, if Gilbert Burns gets too lazy or too confident, he might get trapped and get clapped with some punches while he's tucked underneath with both hands occupied on the leg and that's what makes jujitsu sometimes scary in certain positions um Ankulaev versus Ozdemir great fight unanimous decision for Ankalaev. next contender I think he's got to get a big fight he should be ranked in that top five next and I think he should be getting a top five opponent next or number one contender fight and um you can probably see Pashowska in there um who else uh Rakic Maybe him and Rackage will fight for a number one contender spot. Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith fighting a guy like Ankalev. I think that's a fun fight, but that's a really tough fight. Once he got past the opening burst of Ozdemir, he started to kind of get in his groove with his striking and really start to put on a pace that Ozdemir just couldn't keep up with and start to paint him up a little bit with his shots, you know. So, uh, tough fight for for Ozdemir, but um, still one of the best guys to ever walk in the uh, light heavyweight division from Switzerland he's 32 years old so it's not like he's done but he did lose his last two to Prashowska and to Ankalaev. but he did beat Rackage and he did beat Ilir Latifi but he beat Rakic by split decision Uh, Amanda Hibashi won her fight Zuba Tugahov looked great in this fight against Ricardo Ramos I still thought it was a close fight I think this was ended up being a split no it was a unanimous decision Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a split, but I, you know, what what do I know, right? I'm not a judge. Uh, Ramos landed that beautiful spinning elbow, nasty. He tried it the first time, came up short, but then he timed it beautifully the second time. And I thought that fight was almost over after he was getting tattooed with counter hooks, counter jabs, um, lead jabs. And I was like, this guy has no answer for any of this. He was backpedaling a whole lot, he looked like the much slower guy. And Zuba never saw his striking look that great, especially with his hands. He has, like, this funny stance where, you know, it almost looks like he's um, bow-legged a little bit. Maybe maybe that's not the right term, but it almost looks like he's bow-legged. But the, the wrestling, when he did try to wrestle, he had a little bit more difficult time, but then started to use it a little bit better in that end of the second towards the third round. And uh, I thought that really solidified the rounds for him. But outside of that, it was pretty much the striking that was setting the, the tone of the fight for pretty much the entire time, you know. I'm definitely looking forward to his next one. He looked good, man. If he could keep performing like that, that's a tough guy to beat. Uh, Albert Dura versus Kapilov. That was a fun fight. Russia versus Russia. I believe it was Chechnya versus Siberia. Um, voka uh, does it say we're, we're, we're in Russia? One of the guys would tell me from our team, Kapilov is from... I believe he's a Siberian one. Mm, I don't know, but whatever. Fun fight, man. These guys beat the crap out of each other. I thought this was probably fighting tonight. know Sven Hagen versus uh, Young was a fight tonight, but I thought this was probably going to get it just because of the how badly both these guys were, were battered, man. This was this a crazy fight. Uh, Ilazu Zaleski versus um, Denai. This fight made no sense to me. It should have been stopped like three, four times. The ref got pulled from the rest of the fights. Thank God. Because I don't know what the heck he was looking at. Somebody made a joke when they posted. It was like, he's probably taking out his past career on these guys. Um, I'm, he was like, on four. I'm like, was this guy, like, all his fights stopped early where he's letting these guys get so much brain damage in one outing that he can't, like, step aside and be like, hey, man, these guys, should I should probably step in and stop this fight. Multiple times. So thank God they, they pulled him for the rest of the event because that was that was just really really bad and hopefully he has a learning lesson from this and understands like dude enough is enough the guy was a walking corpse literally on zombie legs and he wouldn't stop the fight you know so it went to a decision was it yeah but it should never even had it should never even had gotten there man it should never even have gotten there but whatever I, I know Zaleski probably felt bad just constantly hitting this guy um, Mikel Olachunk man this fight is so great I know we don't talk about all the fights like this but this fight card was so good Olachunk looks so great he has his herky-jerky style where he's moving around and I was never high on him I tweeted this I was never high on him because I was like the guy's like he's got this weird style I just don't think it's going to last well look at him he's still here he's still here beating guys and he has a nasty body shots where he rips to the body he even fought our guy Volante and ripped him to the body in round one and got him out of there Uh, He's been in the UFC for some time now. What was it? His debut against Khalil Roundtree was a no contest. That was back in 2017. Kudalaba, 2017 as well. That one was canceled. But he's won two, lost two. So he won two, lost two, and then won his last two over Bokalkas. And now got Gamzatov. And Gazmatov was undefeated at the time, too, man. So he came in 14-0. That was like Russia's, looked like it was going to be Russia's next guy. And he came in, just put the pace on him. He got hit a little bit, but it's a fist fight. It's supposed to happen. But got in there, made good work of the body, had him against the cage, nasty uppercut. Gazmatov went down. Am I saying it? Gaza? Gazmatov? Yeah, Gazmatov went down, and he put on the finishing touches, and that was the end of the fight. And that was round one as well. Now, this next one, Lerone Murphy versus Makwan Americani. Beautiful timing after being, let's be honest, it was being controlled and I don't want to say ragdolled because ragdoll involves like being tossed around like the Hulk did to Loki when he's like, you know, slamming him back and forth. He didn't do that. But he took him down, controlled him the entire time. There was literally no answer for what he was doing to him, you know. he mentioned something slow start or whatever and then he finally got a got into it and then that second round just perfect timing man he kept dipping his head to the side and then he just timed the the kick and it was kind of like it was kind of like a kick knee now now I don't even remember if he was actually trying to throw I know he was timing it regardless he was timing that was like intentional I'm gonna try to catch this mofo coming in on this shot he like slipped kind of too far away and very reminiscent of my fight with Marlon, where I didn't have any set The ref broke us up from the ground He told us to stand up. And as I stood up, I was going to ready just to pounce on him. And before he let me do that to kind of catch him off guard, you know, sometimes you get up and you just try to attack right away. So I got up instead of him letting me just go because I safely got to my feet, he stops the fight, kind of look at each other, there's a pause in the action. Marlon kind of takes a deep breath. He looks down, and as I think I'm about to catch him off guard, so he just throws a switch kick, and I'm just like, yo, that just completely caught me off guard as I thought I was going to catch him off guard. And kind of just messed up the flow of the fight, where for this, he was biting and and trying to see which way he was going to go, and then eventually he got him, and man, he put him out, and that was bad, you know? So uh, thankfully, he was obviously super respectful, and it's the, it's the name of the game. He was down for quite a bit, but I'm, I'm glad he's okay. Uh, obviously long term that's different but I'm glad he's okay for right now like there's no immediate um, I don't want to say symptoms because I don't know how he's feeling right now but there was no immediate like oh the guy's dizzy he's falling over where it's like yo man he might have some bleeding on the brain kind of thing you know so thank God man because this is a scary sport it's very dangerous anything can happen and we just never know sometimes one thing that you always are used to can just be your time and your body just says ah I'm just going to do this today and that could be it for you, man. You know, so um, great fight. Macwan looked really good up until that moment, and it kind of sucks that that had to happen like that. But Lerone Le'Ron Murphy continues his surgeon. He had a really good fight with um, Zuba as well, split, split, uh, split draw, and he won. So he won his nope. His UFC debut was against Zuba. Then he won four, three in a row against Ricardo Ramos. Ground and Pound round one, Douglas Day on Drudge, Decision, and Makwan Amerikani in round two. Next up, Petrowski versus is who? Petrovsky won, got the finish in an arm triangle round three. I think he's got he's to figure out that gas tank issue, um, but it looks like he can still wrestle for days. It's just different when you're getting punched. When If you can wrestle for days, that's fine. I know a lot of people that can do that. They can wrestle for like a whole 30 minutes straight guys do that sometimes you have these practices where guys will just go live with one partner and it'll just be one of those hardcore days where we're just like we're just gonna wrestle for a straight half hour and that's it so you have that and then you have to remember you're not being punched though You're you're not getting kicked you're not having to defend any of that stuff body shots well, with this, he's got to be careful with those situations because he can still wrestle even when he looked like he's tired. He's still throwing those punches really, really hard. I think he's got to set some stuff up and kind of let it flow. But it comes with time. He's still young in this in his career, seven and one. I remember when I came in, I was eight, 0 you know, and I was still still relatively green for boxing per se. But I would use my kicks to set up my punches, and I use my kicks to set up my punches into my takedowns. So it was kind of like an ID, an ideology that I had to get to the fight to where I want it to be and you can kind of see that he's doing the same thing and it takes a, it takes some time it takes practice and obviously it takes some some cage experience i think he got a lot of that in there with the good competitor in in who and i think that's going to build from there to give him more confidence going forward Tagir Beka versus Nascimento. This one was weird. It was a split decision, but I thought the decision should have went to Nascimento. First round was really, really tough to score, but I gave it to Tagir. But then you have round two where Nascimento was throwing up all these submissions and landing attacks from his back. And Tagir was kind of content to just stay on top and not do any damage. Now, if you're not doing any damage, you're not going for submission attempts and you're just using control time on top. And the bottom guy is throwing elbows, throwing up submission attempts, Stone punches and he's trying to move, you're taking the damage in the fight. I don't give a crap about control time if you're getting hurt in what we call a fight. If it was a grappling match, you are winning on top, but it's not, it's a fist fight. So if the guy on bottom is doing more damage. He should get the round, especially if you're not getting to a dominant position like mount. But if you get into mount, you're not doing damage. That's just something. You're doing something really, really wrong and really, really weird. Because why are you fighting if you're gonna get to a dominant position like that and not try to do any damage? Makes no sense. We're in a fight. You contracted to try to hurt me. I contracted to try to hurt you. For entertainment and for prize. Money. We're trying to get paid here. Only way to do that is to inflict damage so that you win so you get both checks. Simple as that, right? So, I, I I don't really understand that. Obviously, he might be relatively young, but let me check that. So, Tagir is 30 years old. So, not too, too young. But at Flyweight, he has such a good frame. I've grappled with him before. I think he's a tough dude. And I do think the next evolution of his game to be on par with the Islam Makachevs, the Khabibs, the uh, Umar the uh, some of the other high-level grapples that those guys have coming out of there, he's got to add some ground and pound. He's got to make these guys fear him being on top because if you allow a guy to kind of just pull guard and he's like, yeah, I'm safe down here because I'm doing more work than you, it's kind of like you're, you're rolling the dice because he got caught in a couple of submission attempts that looked pretty scary. Even that armbar at the end of round one, I was like, dude, you got you to gotta put the fear of God down there. And, you know, for lack of better words, you got to put the fear of God on these guys when they're down there. You know, elbows. Like, you're not safe to hang out the hair. I'm going to cut your eyebrow. I'm going to cut your eyelid, your cheekbone, and break your over. Like, it's a fist fight, you know? So we're trying to do what we're trying to do, which is inflict damage. And I think to get it look good, no matter what, it's split decisions, close fight. I just thought the wrong guy won. I would have even been happy with the draw because I felt like if you're going to give him that much weight on the control time with the other guy to damage in the fist fight why not make it kind of cancel each other out and make it a 10-10 round? That's the, that's the way I kind of rationalize that one. But it is what it is. Um, outside of that, uh, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to go watch the UFC countdown for the weekend. I'm excited for the fights. I'm going to have another podcast up for you guys. So enjoy this recap. I hope you guys stay safe. And as always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit or it back fist, baby. I'll see you later, you funky bandits. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button.